On Education is sponsored by Participate, a community learning platform where the world learns together. Later in the episode, we'll hear about one of Participate's partners, The Sandbox, and how you can get involved in its free community learning opportunities and live streams. My point is, is that, you know, we've shared a lot of really good memories. Welcome to On Education, part of the On Podcast Media Network. My name is Mike Washington. And I'm Glenn Irvin. Friends, we have an awesome pod for you today. We will discuss whether virtual conferences can have the same benefits as physical ones, whether most teachers earn their master's degree, and our guest this week is... We're not telling yet. Stay tuned ah. for a big announcement. Cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> We've there's, never done there's that been before, at least so that... a few people that saw, saw our little tease on Twitter and yeah. can't handle the the pressure of not <laughs> knowing. And you thought you were just about to find out. And nope. Nope. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. We're making you listen to the whole damn podcast <laughs> before you find out. Sorry get about us, your luck. Get us those... The... Uh, statistics you know longer listens in <laughs> right right we need to uh, we need to crank up our our numbers on the exactly. amount of time people listen to the podcast so we're just gonna you know we're gonna milk this one for a few hours for sure for and sure then, uh, actually not at all so that's hilarious um i i got uh, hey i got um vaccinated nice uh, my second number two dose. yeah I'm excited. how do you feel um you know, I actually, <laughs> so I got it on Friday. Today's Tuesday. I got it on, I think I got it on Friday. Mm. Got it on Friday and felt fine Friday night, most of the day Saturday or all day Saturday. Okay. And then somehow, well, I mean, I knew I was, I was feeling off, but I wasn't like, it wasn't like super bad. Sunday afternoon. I was doing some some side hustle work okay. for, for Logics Academy. And after I just almost immediately after I finished doing what I was doing, around one o'clock on Sunday afternoon, yeah. it hit me like a truck. Mm. And I felt yes. so bad. I had to go lie I had to go lie down for like three and a half hours. Um, yes. I felt terrible on Sunday. Mm. Um, it sucked. And my arm was sore. My I can still feel it a little, but my arm was sore for a couple of days. Yeah. Um, and but I do have one of the rare side effects. What is um, it? Um, which is super weird. Uh, my tongue is like super numb. Really? Like like pins. Yeah, I had to look it up. It's like a pins and needles type feeling on my tongue. Wow. Damn. So I can taste. Like I don't. I haven't lost my sense of taste. But it's but just a weird my, feeling on it. Yeah, kind of like after going to the dentist and the when they give you anesthesia or whatever they give you to be able to kind of like that. Yeah, mm. as that's it, kind of like how that feels as it's starting to wear off. Yes, that's a Where weird feeling. You can feeling. feel it, like but that. not feel it, but like it's it itchy, right? Like you know how your face is itchy after yeah. after your your the freezing is starting to go away. Yeah, mm. I have like a weird pins and needles sensation in my tongue. How long is that supposed to last? Now. Super, you know? super strange. Yeah, mm-hmm. how long how long is that supposed to last? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> We're gonna find out. So, hey, but I can't get cor- I can't I can't die. So That's um, from coronavirus, at least. Yes. <laughs> right. Yes. So at least, at least there's that. It's a good exchange. Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a bit of a trade off. I'm fine yes. with it. <laughs> um, you were, you were saying, uh, whether virtual conferences can have the same benefit as physical ones. So as a lot of people know, ISTE is going on, you know, right now, yes. um, started on Saturday. Um, normally we would be there, um, yes. and working our asses off and, 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 you know, going around and whatever. Oh, by the way, next year I heard it's in New Orleans. Really? And That's I've awesome. never been to New Orleans. Yeah, that's a cool so, place. Yes. I'm fairly fairly excited about that, to be honest. It's a warm place, especially this time of year. <laughs> I can imagine. I'm fine with that, too. Um, I hate winter. I'm the Canadian that hates winter. Um, anyways, um, 
it's you know it's funny it's it, it feels better than last year um mm. as a virtual event okay um certainly more organized certainly better like the systems are better um now that being said i've spent most of my time in there's something weird i'm, I'm not sure how steve isaacs and that's the name drop for the episode steve <laughs> That, that you were looking for. Uh, I'm not sure how Steve and, and Epic Games managed this, but they ended up using their own system hmm. and then patching it into the ISTE system or something like that, which I, th I think is fascinating. Um, but so I've spent, I, I did once, I've done, I did two sessions this week, one yesterday and one today, yeah. one on the ISTE system and one on the, um, epic game system which are Got virtually it. the same okay um but it seemed su super well attended both of both we had we had lots of people in both sessions over 50 or 60 people in both sessions mm. um each so um feels good but not that not even not even moderately close to the same as an in-person conference like it's yeah. just not even yeah, I imagine, especially for ISTE, I was thinking about this, it could provide some advantages, probably cost. Um, I think the cost was reduced as far as uh, attending. It probably, for people to be able to attend, we knew because the, the amount of uh, distance between sessions actually will determine whether or not you can actually make sessions. And we talked about this on previous podcasts. As far as ISTE, if you've never been there, there's some huge lines for specific sessions. Yeah. And you may not yeah. be able to get in because oh physically get into them. That was a huge them. problem in 2019. Yes. They had security guards there and they just wouldn't let you in. There's this capacity to the rooms, etc. And so this could provide that kind of thing where you are able to go ahead and attend virtually which then makes me think then mike is isti really going to take the next step and so are fetc and so on these big conferences and are they going to provide a means to be able to do it either way so if you can attend physically obviously you would go there but if you can't you could can still dial in and then be able to go ahead and do a virtual session and still be able to go ahead and do that so you know there's some there's some very niche things that are talked about at ISTE and sometimes like I've had some 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 friends that have presented and because they were overlapped with another uh, very popular session they may not even get that many people to attend their session yeah you know, maybe 10 people or something at ISTE yeah. which is super disappointing but if you had an opportunity to do either of the two then maybe that session would get populated with another 50 people that would attend virtually plus your 10 that were there and it would yeah. feel at least that much better to the presenter and to the people that wanted to attend um especially like i said there's some things there's some very generic things that we've always talked about and some things that fit everybody you know some sessions but there are some very specific niche things that that for specific content areas or grade levels or your passion, you want to go in and go uh, attend. And that would be kind of cool if you were able to do that. I don't know if they'll ever open it up to that or if that hurts their numbers overall. Yeah, I don't do know. Think their it's, physical a numbers? it's a big logistical lift because they'd have to equip rooms with, um, mm. with yes. like, I mean, think about, think about doing oh, hybrid yeah. teaching in, in a school, right? Imagine the Wi-Fi. Yeah, the I mean, you have you would have to be set up not only to to speak to the room that you're speaking to, but also be a bit like they'd have to have basically camera crews in some of these rooms mm. potentially because um, because people might walk around. I mean, you'd have yeah. to. I don't know how they you do it. Now that being said, yeah, um, they could do it. <laughs> I, I mean, of course they could do it. They have so yeah. much money it's not even funny yeah. it's it's insane right and <laughs> yes. they're they're but they're very business savvy like isti is super business savvy like and i yeah. know this bottom line from a lot of different angles um and interactions with them over the last especially the last three years that we've been interacting with them we know them to be very business savvy mm. um so it's hard to say whether a uh, hybrid ISTE is good for business or 
bad for business. There's definitely pros and cons to both. Yes. Um, but nothing beats being with people. In person, and man. that's that's what I tweeted. It's funny. I tweeted, right, about how, you know, I've been to hundreds of conferences at this point mm-hmm. and sessions. And I could give you, I could name for you five that I remember fairly <laughs> well. But that being said, one of them is yours. Um, I, I remember um, Schoology Next 2017 era. No, 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 not 2017. The next one in San Diego. Yes, when I, I showed up late, not late, but like I, I technically early, but late for your, you did a pre-conference session. Oh yeah. Um, at, yes. at school. And, and, and I, and I rolled in fashionably late, you know, the room is full <laughs> and I walk in like a big, you know, whatever. And I just sit at the back and it was fun. <laughs> but I remember that one because, because yes. I showed up late. Um, to it, um, yes. Scott Nunes was there. Uh, coach uh, was there. I remember yeah. that. Yes, yes, that was cool. Yeah, and I remember so you showing I, up. I do. I remember. I remember <laughs> that session. I also remember the session um, that I did at FETC with Steve Isaacs, where um, he asked me to do it at the last minute. Like yes. li- when I say last minute, I mean like an hour right before. before. <laughs> and remember, we were writing this the Google slide deck at the table that we were doing the podcast on yes. and then we're like, okay, let's go. And then we went let's up and did go, a session present. at FETC because yep. we're professionals. <laughs> um, so you had it all in your heads. That's, you know, the yeah, slides are irrelevant. Come on. It's, that's true. <laughs> um, but I, I did in that tweet, I, I said, I remember almost every, you know, meal, almost mm. every like great, like, person to person moment at a at a bar or at a restaurant or whatever i remember tons of those mm. right like super well like uh and ones i didn't even mention like when you and i played with jesse in the lobby of the hotel yeah, in minneapolis cool. for like yes. two hours right yes i, I remember super in fun. that same yeah i remember sitting in that same hotel with monica and and carl in the the bar area talking shop for like probably like four hours till like Mm. one in the morning um i remember all of these things um going to a little bar with brian aspinall because he was so so adamant (laughs) that we went to this bar he was like aggressive about wanting to go to this one place i'm like okay brian let's go and it was like this little <laughs> tiny bar with like really loud music, but it was like an Irish pub that it was in like some TV show or something. Um, yes. And, and like tons of stuff, playing games with Mike Matera in, in mm. when we went back to the hotel in New Jersey. I mentioned that one in one of the tweets. I remember all of those moments. Yes. And um, yeah, nothing beats those moments. And those no. you can't really replicate them. You just can't online digitally. Yeah, you can do some things digitally. But you can't do what we what we're describing there. Yeah, yes. Can't those, beat those, that stuff. And, no. and and I have to note that even though I didn't mention you a ton in in those tweets, um, I should mention to the audience that Glenn has been with me for almost probably at least eighty percent of those moments. Yeah, have been also I, with I was Glenn. At, I was at the. <laughs> so. So, like, in the sense Needless that, to say, like, I was actually... Yes, exactly. So, <laughs> there my that. point is is that, you know, we've shared a lot of really good memories together. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And, no, and for it's sure. And it's been... You know, we've been doing this for... Whew, this is two and a half years now. Episode... Yes. This is episode 199. 199, yes. And we're about to make a big announcement soon. Okay. <laughs> Not yet, though. <laughs> Not yet, though. <laughs> uh so i i actually we still have not decided what necessarily to do for episode 200 can't can't be being with people in person no and And i can't wait till we do that again yes till we have the opportunity get that get that back going up again Mm. um do most teachers have their master's degree or is that a goal in the future i think this came up because i'm getting a master's degree (laughs) i am getting a master's degree (laughs) that's why it came up (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so I got accepted to the Masters of Educational Technology program at the University of British Columbia, which is super hard to get into. I actually got declined last year hmm. when I applied. 
um, because they get like a thousand applicants and they accept like 20. Um, our, our good friend Paul Darvasi is a graduate of the uh, UBC MET program. Mm. And he was kind enough to also be one of my references. Oh, so uh, yes. I, I appreciate Paul um, helping out. Um, and so, yeah, I've started my master's degree and it came up because um, most Canadian educators don't have a master's degree uh, and don't go and get one. Yeah, so we were speak, speaking about that, and I was I was wondering if that is as common as... I would assume it's very common as far as the United States, but then I was thinking, I was like, well, you know, for example, I know, you know, my wife, who is a veteran teacher, doesn't have her master's degree, has grad credits, but is not going to pursue that necessarily in any time in the near future. Um we should do a poll of some sort to be able to go to determine that. Or I put, or is that a goal in their future? Like you're like, eh, not right now, but I will eventually go ahead and do that. And I know some salary schedules in the United States, um, they limit the amount of money you can make if you don't get that master's degree. Yeah. Um, so there's a basically a, a hard uh, line as far as you can make up to this amount and it doesn't matter how many years of experience until you go on to the next uh lane and then be able to go in and open up you know obviously those new new uh steps on the schedule um so why did so you get yours i actually started a couple of other master's degrees <laughs> i don't think i've ever told you this um probably when i was about 24 25 we had moved back to Colorado and I, and I was teaching there and I started a degree and I finished about half of it. I think I finished one year into it at least um, of an English as a second language or teaching second languages degree. And then I was like, I'm not really interested in continuing to pursue this. So I let that go. I didn't actually finish that off. And then I was thinking I was going to be an admin for a while. So I started kind of going down that track and I was like, I don't want to be an admin. <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. uh, of which none of those, by the way, might counted towards anything towards the degree that I finally ended up getting, which was in uh in basically ed tech. I think it's a called a secondary educational technology something something. Um and at that point I was very heavily interested, as I currently am still, in just ed tech things you know mm. and, and the research behind it and whatever it might be um so no it was perfect and then even my culminating project uh was about at that time the flipped classroom which was kind of a, the 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 new big thing um so much of my research um was was centered around you know uh passive versus active classrooms, what the benefits of a flipped classroom are, and so on and so forth. So they were all very relevant because I was doing the stuff at the time, you know, in my mm -hmm. classroom. So that's, I think that's the best thing is if you can go ahead and be like, okay, I can apply these things to whatever I'm currently doing, then it makes it seem like you're just reading some extra articles like we do for the podcast and, that, and listening to some things and, and learning some new things um, because you want it to benefit yourself. So yeah, so that's the reason why I pursued all of that, that, no. <laughs> and finally no, ended up cool. getting the master's degree. Yes, <laughs> I've I've wanted to get um, uh, my master's of educational technology and only my master's of educational technology. In fact, the only school I've ever considered is is the UBCMET. So, um, mm. and that's why I didn't apply anywhere else last year. I yeah. reapplied. <laughs> This year. You wanted this one, uh, yes. I wanted this one, um, and um, I, I, it's it, in Canada. Um, I mean, we've talked through this a million times. Teachers get paid very well, um, and they get paid very well whether they have a master's or not. Mm. Um, so it doesn't really. And if all you, I want to say this in a better way. If if what you want to be is a classroom teacher, sure. and do teaching and it could be a classroom teacher your entire career there's no need for you to get, there's nothing a master's would do for you other than cost you money hmm. generally speaking yeah. um nothing you couldn't potentially learn 
you know, on your own or, or through going to a conference or whatever. Um, or just connections and reading and whatever. Um, you have to have a master's degree to be a principal. Sure. That makes sense. So if you're, uh, if you're a principal or a superintendent, usually you would have at least a master's degree. Um, and that's, that's, you have to have a master's degree. And it's funny, a lot of our teachers training program, um, professors, our B ed teachers, um, yeah. are former principals. Um, oh, yeah. so, so they sense. do not, a lot of them do not have PhDs. Um, interestingly enough, um, some of them do, but not a lot of them do. Um, and so, yeah, I, I'm. I, I have a, a, a large interest in, in, you know, just academic scholarship and achievement um, and wanting to um, do that kind of almost for myself. Um, sure. So, yep. so that's, that's where I'm interested in it. I, 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 I don't think anything in my work necessarily, you know, both at participate or, or whatever, or whatever I'm going to do in the future would be necessarily um, significantly impacted by me getting my master's of educational technology. Sure. Um, but I am a, an educator. I'm a teacher and, uh, I'm passionate about that. And no matter what I'm doing, I'm always going to be passionate about that. Sure. And so this is, this is what I'm going to do. I'm sense. excited. So, so that's, that's that we, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk to someone and we're not telling you Woo! still. So, um, but it is related specifically to our big announcement. So when we come back, we'll have someone and you'll uh, find out who it is in a couple seconds. So see you soon. We're building this virtual community of educators who share an interest in game design and teaching new skills. We will use this space to connect, collaborate, and innovate with Sandbox. That's Sebastian Bourget. He's the co-founder and chief operating officer at The Sandbox. This community is here to provide guidance, support, feedback, and suggestions on how to best use The Sandbox within the context of teaching and learning how to make video games. It allows also to connect experts and educators bringing together existing creators and members of the Sandbox game platform community with professional educators. The Sandbox community has grown into a vibrant space of 100 plus educators. How can you get involved? More to come later in the episode. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Our guest is an educator. Um, he's now a school administrator. Um, he's a podcast host and a very good friend. Um, he's also now the newest member of the On Education team and a, wait for it, co-host of On Whoa. Education. Welcome, Brad freaking Schreffler. Hey, guys. How's it going, man? What's it, man, I, I, like, I'm... You know, I've been on the show before, but this still feels like I'm a little giddy about this. This is like, I don't know, I'm like on another level right now. This is big changes, folks. Big, big changes. We're super excited. This has been in the works for um, months, um, I, I think, at this point. And um, uh, I, I think I'll, I'll talk for a few minutes and just kind of give the background a, a little bit. And... Then we'll talk to Brad about kind of his side of it and, you know, what got him to to say yes to doing this <laughs> nonsense. The short um, version is I don't know how to say no to things. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. Um, and uh, and then uh, we actually do want to talk to Brad about trans transitioning because he just does have a new role in his day job, too. And that's pretty dope. Um, so the the pandemic was hard um understatement of the year um i think for for um me um and everybody um and exhausting um for me and you know for glenn and for every like everybody like it's just been it's been a crazy year and a half and the podcast itself i i think I think the content, the actual content of the podcast, I think has never been better. Um, I, I I think our interviews are better than they've ever been or as good as they've ever been. 
I think we're talking about the important things, just like we've always promised we would. Um, but um, despite that, um, certainly our numbers have gone down. And to be fair, like I, I was explaining this to someone the other day, um, and I was explaining our numbers, and they, they told me I was stupid because our numbers are still better than, you know, most podcasts you know, in the world and, and certainly most education podcasts on average. Um, but not what we're used to because, um, you know, we saw some uh, unbelievable success uh, in, in 2019. Um, and coming into 2020, uh, I thought it was going to... And, 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 and actually, it's funny that um, Glenn, Glenn and I at FETC 2020, I remember... We walked, purposely walked from the hotel to the conference center one, one morning um, because we wanted to just have some time to talk without people around. And it, it gets, as soon as you get there, it gets busy, right? It gets stupid. Um, so, so we talked and we talked about the podcast and, you know, what to do. And we, I think, thought that 2020 was going to be a huge year for us. We set a lot of goals had a lot of ideas and um you know then none of it happened um <laughs> and and that was tough um it was tough for a lot of reasons um and uh you know so coming into 2021 i wanted to um i wanted to make some changes to some things and breathe some new life into the podcast. Not that, again, the content itself has been really good, but I think, um, you know, my my job is pretty demanding. Glenn's job is pretty demanding. We both have kids um, and it's tough. It's just tough doing all of the stuff that a popular podcast requires. Um, and so the idea of bringing on um, a, a, a different, another voice, bringing on um, someone who would be hopefully, you know, dedicated to um, the work and believe in kind of the work that we do here specifically. Um, and the with the, you know, idea that the po this podcast is a little bit different than I think most other educational podcasts. And like we do talk about the tough stuff and, and do, um, you know, ask hard questions of our guests and Brad is one of the best interviewers um, that that I know. Um, uh, and so, you know, when he um, and I had a conversation a few months ago uh, about, you know, his what he does and his goals and his life. And we, we you know, I, I consider Brad a, a good friend. And so we, we were just kind of shooting the shit and talking about things. And um, some things came up. He's going to talk about them in a few minutes, probably. And then, um, and you know, so this is where we are. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited. We don't know exactly how it's all going to go yet, uh, but we're making the announcement anyways because that's what we do. And um, uh, Brad, I'm, I'm pumped to, to welcome you and, and have you on. Um, and maybe you can share a little bit about, you know, your journey um, the last probably six months or so that that this has kind of ended up getting us to where we are today. Yeah, well, first of all, thanks. I don't I don't know about the, the one, you know, I think I'm an okay interviewer. I don't know. So I think I'm always working on it, but uh, <laughs> I'll take it. Um, <laughs> my current boss doesn't think I'm great at it yet. He doesn't let me do it by myself, but that's a different kind of interview. Um, <laughs> I, so, um, yeah, so my journey, I mean, kind of like you guys that, you know, that this last year obviously was difficult, uh, again, understatement. Um, but it, on top of and, I, and I've been very public about all this, but my own mental health journey, and going through that, um, you know, I, I think I was actually listening to Mandy Freilich on your guys show when I started doing meditation and started taking my own mental health seriously, um, and ended up being diagnosed with anxiety and depression and becoming more aware of that and uh, sort of going through that mental health journey of taking care of myself and, um, you know, being very intentionally public about it because of the stigma people put on it, generally speaking. 
Um, so being intentionally public and putting it out there, but also realizing that I had limits that I didn't ever know I had before. You know, when you when you spend all your time and effort just shoving down all the things you feel, you just kind of keep going and you don't really notice how stressed out and overworked and overwhelmed you are. So all of a sudden that I was taking care of myself, I started to realize things I've done for years and years and years, I maybe don't have the capacity to do effectively and and, and to my full ability. And if I scaled back on some stuff, which is funny because people have definitely told me before, you might need to scale back. And I've always said, no, that's a ridiculous <laughs> thing to do. Um, and then, yeah, so then all of a sudden when I like, took care of myself, like, hey, they might have been right. Um, so I about, I don't know, three, four months ago, I kind of just stopped releasing episodes of my own podcast, the Planning Period podcast. Um, I took a big hiatus in December and came back for a couple months and then just kind of stopped you know and it, and it wasn't like me it's very much not like me i didn't even put any kind of announcement out there i eventually put out on twitter that hey this is just something i need a break i need some time off and some time away um and i and i did i took that and it was great for me i, I felt good um you know getting some time and some space away from education um because the day job had become so much more you know the 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 actual work of being in education had become so much more and one of the things mike and i you've we've talked about is part my belief is part of the reason for the dip in numbers that that you're seeing on on education is that we're all just kind of burnt out right now you know Agreed. and i think we'll start to see that pick up when some semblance of normalcy school comes back or balance comes back for all of us but when brad starts talking on the podcast that's when the numbers going to go up yeah, it's a coincidence, but I'll take it. Just give me the credit. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so you, Mike, you came to me and, and said, hey, we, we want to talk to you about some stuff you could do with, with on education. And it was right around the time where I was starting to feel good and like I could put something back on my plate. Um, ironically, right around the time I got my promotion. Um, so which you kind of mentioned, but I've moved from an instructional technology coach into an assistant principal role. So I'm now an assistant principal of instruction at a high school in the in the Florida, in Florida and um, doing that role now. So as, as Mike said, I, I went to the dark side, I'm one of the bad guys now. Um, and so, yeah, so everything just kind of all lined up well for, for you guys and for me. And I think it all just has, uh, you know, like you said, it's been a couple months working this out and getting to this point, but I've been so excited. Like I, I I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. I, I can't wait, man. I'm, I'm, if nothing else, I'm just excited to be in the legendary on education DM group. Like that could have been all I got and I would have felt good about it. Like it's a good place to be. I remember Brad, when you, I, I'm sure we both have been on your show, right? Yep, you guys uh, have both yes, been on yes. my show. Yes, and we were we've discussed basically you behind your back um, for many years now, <laughs> just basically talking about your ability to bring out things from guests, which were us in this case, that you didn't think you were going you were going to go in that direction or you were going to um, share that whatever it was, um, and. So it is super exciting to be able to have that uh, be part of the actual team and also to be able to, like Mike and I have talked about, just being able to share the duties of this because this is a, it, I can't even imagine what you were doing, Brad, which was <laughs> doing it all, but doing it all by yourself too. So I, I know that that's, that's a huge thing to, uh, to take on from booking the guests to everything that's involved as far as doing the podcast itself to releasing the podcast and then everything else in between. And it just, a re it's, it's a cycle. You keep continue to go in and go and you're grinding through. Um, but it is important to, I think for all of us to get some space away and then be able to come back with that energy and be able to kind of give it, you know, what it deserves um, for the audience or for the, for, for all of our listeners too. It's, it's going to be great to have, um, you know, a, 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 a different opinion. Um, you know, I, I don't think that we'll disagree. Like, Glenn and I, we've talked about this a lot. Glenn and I don't disagree on many things. <laughs> um, at least, certainly not, like, adamantly disagree on anything, I don't think, ever. Except at least for on the podcast. COVID shots. For requiring COVID shots. Even that wasn't like, like it wasn't like a flame throwing disagreement or anything like that. Um, and I, and I, to be honest, I'm glad for that. And I don't think that that's going to be the case here either. But but certainly just a, you know another perspective. And 
we really enjoy having the perspectives of the team. Like you said, there's there's other people that, you know, help on the podcast. Audrey has, uh, Audrey Thornbrough has taken on um, a bunch more work um, helping us, um, which has been, you know, unbelievable to be honest um and um super super helpful as well so you know i'm, I'm excited to see what's going to happen um i think that the way that this will go just you know logistically for for friends listening is um there'll be some sort of a, a rotation um where it'll be like brad and i and then it'll be brad and glenn and then it'll be glenn and i and then it'll be glenn and brad and then we'll just keep you know It'll just go around basically like that. And then what's great about that is that, you know, if something comes up, um, you know, we can swap day. And, and one of the notorious problems that Glenn and I have is that is that Monday is Monday night is the time and day that we set aside for this. He says and on a Tuesday. Not, <laughs> yeah, no. And that's what's funny is that if we don't do it on Monday nights, it generally goes to hell really quick in terms of finding another time. Like we were lucky that like this is the middle of the summer for for, you know, Brad's uh, working, you know, because he's, you know, on the dark side now. But but Glenn is <laughs> Glenn is off and, and I am on holidays this week. So so Tuesday was was good for us today. But if this was the middle of of October, you know, Finding another night is has been notoriously hard, and we've gotten to the point some nights where we've said, "Screw it!" Like we can't do it. We just, we just, we're gonna have to like wash it because we can't, we can't find another time. And um, so ideally, you know, now the Monday night will be canon, and um, you know, if one of us can't make it, the other one can hopefully swap in, and we just continue on. And um, and I'm I'm optimistic about that because that's been a thing, to be honest. Um, and so so I'm excited. Um, let's talk about Brad switching jobs. How's yeah. that been? How's it been so far? Um, <laughs> that's that's a lot. Uh, so don't get don't say anything bad because I don't want no. you to get. You've only been doing it for like three weeks. Yeah, I don't want to get fired get yet. I don't, fired I don't already. The, I mean, yeah, I don't have right. the position to quite speak as freely. No, I. It's um, been amazing. It's been perfect. Nothing's gone yeah. wrong. Um, no, it's been interesting. You know, um, it, it's something that I've I've been working for for a couple years, and I've talked about on my own show and about getting my master's degree and and going through that process, and you know, never wanting to do this. I I was that teacher, like so many stereotypical, ridiculously seems in, seems like a lie stories of like, oh, well, I never want to be an administrator. And then I just kind of was. And, you know, I, I wouldn't quite go that far, but I definitely never wanted to be an administrator. In fact, for the first three seasons of my podcast, I said that repeatedly. And um, so I have lots and lots of <laughs> recorded versions of me being wrong, uh, which is great. Yeah, it's really wonderful. Yeah. The great thing about putting your voice out there on the internet for all time. Um, but, you know, I did finally decide to do it. And, and because... I felt like I had the capacity to do it and could do a good job as an administrator. And I saw so many people who weren't. And so, but then like kind of overnight, I, I went from an instructional technology coach, like kind of the last day of post planning. I was still technically an instructional technology coach. I was actually going to buy a pickup truck, uh, my brand new truck and got a call from my now principal saying like, Hey, I want you to come in on Tuesday and meet with me. Hmm. And so that, because that Monday was Memorial Day, and then Tuesday we came out, and I went out, and I met with him at, like, 1. And by, like, 1.15, he's like, so what do you think about being the API or the assistant principal of instruction and, like, starting immediately? <laughs> I said, <laughs> um... Like, what do you mean immediately? And he's like, let's go walk around. And he proceeded to walk me around the school and introduce me to everybody as the new API. Um, it was like I was there for 20 <laughs> minutes. I was like, okay, this is now a thing. Which, I mean, it wasn't technically official until just a couple a week ago or so. But it's, you know, there, it has to go through the board and all those kinds of channels and stuff. But, um, yeah, so it just kind of happened. And, um, you know, I mean, most listeners will probably know. I mean, structures are different everywhere, but as a, the API, I'm I'm over 
mainly one of the biggest things is student services in the master schedule. And starting as an API at a 2400 student high school on June 1st is um, like probably the worst possible scenario. You have like a half done master schedule, which is no fault of the person before me. She got put somewhere else. But, you know, it's just it's a half done master schedule that needed to be done two weeks ago. And uh, I haven't actually ever done this tech. I mean, I've worked on it with other people, but I've never done one myself. So just here you go. Good luck. Also, you're over all these people in this guidance department. Tell them what to do, too. (laughs) Okay. So, like I (laughs) do so very often, I'm just making it up as I go along and hoping I don't screw it up too bad. Yeah. No, I mean, that in itself, I know what you're talking about. Um, And I work in that similar size high school. And that job is usually, when it's done in March and April, we're breathing a sigh of relief. (laughs) <laughs> Usually it's beginning of May and we're like, okay, we still, it's done. We're getting it in. Kids have schedules. We're going to be okay. In your situation, it's, that's like what nightmares are made out. <laughs> yeah. But you're it doing is. it. That's freaking awesome. I mean, at least you're seeing it from the ground up and then you can actually then use all of that knowledge then obviously for next year as you, as you go in the proper timing, you know, <laughs> you get to hit it on the proper timing. Yeah, I mean, that, that is kind of the weird bonus of, like, being thrown into the middle of it is I'm, I'm very clearly seeing what the person before me did. And I think everybody has their own style, but I'm able to say, okay, well, I see what they did, and it ended up in this, which th- would have ended differently for them, I'm sure, if they had made different choices but that they would have made while they were here that I didn't make, whatever. But, like, I know next year I want to do this instead, or I want to do Smart. this. So it's like I'm getting to very clearly see the choices that led to where I am and the things I want to change, how to make different choices that get me there, if that makes any sense. Did you know, Brad, when, I mean, you always just said kind of got sprung on you, you know, as far as your thing, but in, let's say in the back of your mind or whatever might be, had you already changed some, uh, as far as your tune about being an administrator? Do you know what I mean? So in other words, you you probably hadn't said it out loud or anything, but you were like, well, I maybe could do this or something. Yeah, you know, a lot of it was the school I was at previously and and seeing, I, I went to a middle school with the highest functioning leadership team I've ever worked with. I mean, they Mm. were just, they worked, we all worked together and we, but we managed to balance life on top of that, which is something I hadn't really seen from good administrators before. I'd seen plenty of bad APs manage to have plenty of time with their families, but I hadn't seen any like good ones manage to balance it out. And seeing that happen at a middle school, I felt like, you know, I, I could actually balance those things and, and I know I, I'm confident I'd be good at it, fine. Um, and then my principal said to me one day, I, I said something about someone I knew at a different school complaining about their AP or something, and, and he just goes, you know, you see, Brad, this is this is the problem. And I was like, what? He goes, he goes, these are the candidates. Like, this is the pool we have. Like, it's not a deep pool of candidates. It's not all quality all over the place. And so when I see someone like you who has the capacity and can do the job well, and they're just choosing not to, that's a dereliction of duty. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Within four hours, I had signed up for a master's program. Like, it just, (laughs) it was, it was the right needle to push. And I was like, dang it. That did, yeah, that's it. I'm in. Like, let's go. I'm gonna get my <laughs> wife to listen to what you just said. I, I don't want to say it because I don't want to get punched. But you... <laughs> that could be my introduction to the show is immediately pissing off Mike's wife. Cool. Happy birthday, Cheryl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. God. Uh, great. What What do you What do you think you're going like? If you could think of things that assistant principals do. Um, and have historically done, um, and for lack of better words, historically done wrong or not the way that you think it should be done. What do you think you're going to do differently? I'm curious. What, what, what is the Brad Schreffler oeuvre? (laughs) Um, I don't know. I've seen so many things done poorly. I don't, I, I, I I feel like um, I, I'm I'm off the top of my head. Like as you're asking that question, what's coming to mind is just leading with humanity. Um, 
Like, I think my, like I've talked about my own journey has been so interesting in the last year, especially, but even before that, I, you know, I've, as a person, I've definitely grown a lot in the last four years, just in how I treat other people and, and how I look at the things I do, how I treat students and, and just have become more kind, I guess is probably the best way to put it. You know, I was that sarcastic jerk teacher for a long time that a lot of kids couldn't stand, but there was like that handful of kids that liked me and that made like justification to continue to be a sarcastic jerk to seventh graders, like even though they didn't really get it now that I look back in retrospect. Um, And so it's like realizing, okay, those things didn't always work. I needed to be more cognizant of where I was at and like reflective of what was happening and just leading that way. You know, we talk about it all the time on, on this show. I, you guys do, you know, and I, and on my show too, we talk to these like great educators and they're like, oh, I'm doing this thing and I'm doing this thing. And I, and we talk to these awesome people and lift these voices up and that's, it's great. It's awesome. But I, I've also been that teacher that has listened to those things and said, well, my hmm. admin would never let me do that. Like, I would never be allowed to try that. Or that wouldn't be what they would think is the right move. And, like, I don't know. I just, I want to be the guy that says, do it. Like, go do that thing. Like, try it. Is it good for kids? Then do it. Like, I, I, that's that's always my question with people. And it's already been with my guidance counselors. You know, it's, they're like, oh, I think I want to do this, this, and this. And I go, well, is that what's best for the kid? Yeah? Okay. Then you have I'll my approval. It. Let's go. <laughs> I'll back you. Like, and they, they've had a couple times where like, was the principal mad at you? I was like, I don't <laughs> think so, but did we do what was best for kids? Yeah. All right, well, then if he's mad, I'll he'll be mad at me, not at you. It's fine. Like, that's it's fine. I've been in AP for like a week and a half. What can he do? <laughs> <laughs> you're still you're still learning. You're doing this stuff. That's awesome. I love that, that mantra. Uh, Brad, I was thinking about um, you had a set of questions, I believe. I'm just I'm just remembering back to your podcast that you used to ask all of your guests. Is that correct? Yep. And I believe one of the questions was something to the effect of like, what's the biggest challenge in education today? What's the biggest problem? Biggest uh, problem facing education today. today, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I I did. Um, And I was thinking about your voice and your interview style and even the questions that you, that you asked. and kind of like, have you thought about what you might bring into this podcast now? Do you know what I mean? Because I, I, I would want that, that awesome Brad interview style slash that specific amazing part of your podcast to somehow become, I don't want to say we're going to copy that, but something of that. Well, it's not copying it if I'm here, right? We can just ask the same question, right? That's all we got to do is just throw that in the list. Like, I'm here. I'm okay. That is going to say copying your questions is going to save us so much time. I was hoping that you would. That's the only reason I was able to run a podcast by myself is because I didn't ever have to think about questions. I always ask the same questions. Oh, my God. I was hoping that you would add some kind of highbrow, amazing. Oh, you asked the wrong person. That is not. Highbrow is the opposite of what I'm good at. No. So actually, I will say the yeah. the first question I asked Mike when we talked about it is I said, OK, do you guys write all your questions in advance? Because that's not how I work, <laughs> like at all, um, because, you know, if I am good at interviewing, it's because I don't know where the conversation's going to go until mm. I get the answer to a question. Like because uh, and, and I've had this experience a lot on my show and, and people that have listened to it know that I, I will often just they'll you know, my guests will say something and I'll say, huh. I'm not sure which direction I want to take this right away, you know, and like, I will give it a second to think about it and really like ask the follow up question of whatever it is that they just said that that makes me want to ask something else, you know, and so mm-hmm. I, I said right away, like the, the, the whole list of questions, even though they're just for you guys as a framework, there's that's I'm I can ask questions, but that that's not my I don't think that's my voice, if you put it that way, you know, that, my voice on our show is is just having a conversation and kind of seeing where it goes, you know, just, Hey, that was a cool answer. But I like this little part, I feel like another teacher might question or, but when you said that, did you mean this or, you know, and one that I, you know, used a lot, like I've, I've said something like this to teachers and I get this pushback all the time. How do you respond to that? You know, some of those things where I don't know, I don't want to say not letting a guest off the hook. Cause it's not like we're grilling them, right? Like it's a, it's a conversation, no, but just no, but it's, seeing yes. where it goes. Uh, it's, it's going to be exciting. Um, we don't know exactly when, you know, or, or, you know, how things are, we don't know anything. 
at this <laughs> precise moment. But by the time we need to know along. things, we're gonna we're we're gonna make it up as we go along. But um, hopefully, um, you know, listeners will trust us that we'll we'll figure it all out um, and uh, have some fun and and keep having meaningful conversations um, with with people, not just educators, because I mean that's that's not necessarily what we're doing here. Um, um, though almost everything is education adjacent and, um, it's, it's going to be great. Um, it's education or video or vi- games, well, one or the other. That's... Yeah. Yeah. You're going to definitely need to, you know, <laughs> play some more games. Yeah. Sure. I, I was thinking about that yesterday. Actually, I was like, Oh, you know what? Now that I'm doing this, I can call gaming like work. I can tell my wife, Look, work. sorry, yeah. I got to get ready for the podcast. Mm-hmm. I got to go upstairs and I got to test this out. Ready. I got to go play I have some... a comment about it at least. Yes. <laughs> Gotta go, gotta go play some games. Gotta do some work. Uh, love it. So welcome, Brad, to the team. Um, we'll, uh, we'll be, you know, getting the word out on, on the Twitters and all of that stuff over the next week or so. And you're going to hear Brad on the podcast real soon um, and then going forward. And hopefully, you know, when we get back out onto conferences, certainly FETC, uh, you know, because that's right in Brad's backyard um we will we'll have three of us there doing whatever the hell it is we're gonna do we should have um, a house party we'll we just should... have a house we'll have an on education house party at my house that sounds like a good plan that <laughs> sounds like we should just book that let's book that right now yeah man welcome welcome to the team really excited Thanks, and we'll uh we'll we'll get going let's get to work let's do it The Sandbox is creating a learning ecosystem where educators can learn in weekly streams, bring ideas into their classrooms, collaborate with other educators, and become Sandbox ambassadors. Our goal for the stream is to show the world how low the barrier can be to teaching and learning game making through our no-code and accessible platform. Anyone can do it. Passion and education. You can feel it in the streams as we explore and share ideas around game design implementation in your teaching practice. Join the community to learn more at go.participate.com slash sandbox. Thanks for listening to On Education. My name is Glenn Irvin. My co-host is Mike Washburn. On Education is part of the On Podcast Media Network. You can listen to this show and many others by great educators like Monica Burns, Mike Matera, Tisha Richmond, and many more by visiting onpodcastmedia.com. Want to get in touch with us? Check out our website, oneducationpodcast.com. You can tweet us at oneducationpod. Mike is at Mr. Washburn on Twitter. And I can be found on Twitter at Irv Spanish. You can find us on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash oneducationpod. We're also on Instagram at oneducationpod. If you're enjoying the show and think others would too, we would be thrilled if you shared it with them please leave us a rating or review in Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. When you leave a rating, it gives our rankings a boost. This helps others discover the show. We want to thank our presenting sponsor, Participate, for supporting us. Check out Participate.com to learn more about them. Thanks as always for listening. Stay awesome and see you soon.